Hi, and welcome to episode 304, or is it episode 315, of No Crying in Baseball, the We Are All Good Here in Birdland episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, how's it going? It's it's fine. It's good. We're home. Yeah. The trip was great, but home is also very good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. We had a lot of fun, though. Like, I don't know. It was hard coming back to reality after. I mean, last, yeah, sure. last, last you all heard, we were halfway through the road trip. And so now we're all the way through the road trip and back home and reflecting on on a lot of fun stuff that we did there that centered around usually a, an alcohol establishment, brewery or distillery and or baseball or both. <laughs> right. On any given day, one or more of those things happened. And it seems like if we were just at the adult beverage day, we would talk about baseball. And if we were just at, we were never just at baseball. Without having adult beverages. We, oh, I almost forced it on us at, at Fenway. Oh my God. <laughs> at all places. Okay. So when you see the photo of, of on today's show, the video, you'll see me in my, uh, my tie dyed Red Sox jersey in honor of Jerry Garcia Day at Fenway. And the weird combination that we had, you know, Potty Mouth made sure we got the right package so we could get our jerseys included with our ticket price. And we're standing in line. They're reminding us to look at our tickets to make sure it says Jerry on there. And I looked at the sports as Jerry. And then right next to it at our our section and said, family section, no alcoholic beverages. (laughs) And I just looked over. I was like. You're kidding, right? Yeah, that was so not on purpose. I have no idea why they put for all, you know, groups of people, why they put a group of people for Jerry Day in the no alcohol section. All I can say is that my dad would have really appreciated that section when um, when I was young because we left many a game because of people with excessive alcohol. But uh, but for us at the time, even though it was, a, it was initial slight disappointment, and man, they were patrolling it too. Like those guys were. took, took yeah, their yeah. job seriously. We saw several people around us get busted. We did not try to sneak out. I talked about sneaking alcohol in, but we did not actually do it. But it ended up okay because then we went to a brewery after the game down well, on uh, Lansdowne Street. And we had a beer before the yeah. game on Jersey Street, which was super fun. And actually led to much fun. So this is, I mean, this this night was, was everything... Ahead of time, when I was excited that it was a Kike Hernandez bobblehead night, and they did give out the bobbleheads despite Kike not being there, to give a huge amount of credit to Kike, I mean, I don't know, maybe it wasn't his idea. <laughs> it could have been his agent or somebody. But there was a sticker on the bobblehead box basically thanking Fenway fans and acknowledging that these were really important years of his life at Fenway and that he will he will miss us. So that was, that was well done. And also, I think what made it easier was they were World Baseball Classic yeah. branded bobbleheads. So he was wearing his Team Puerto Rico gear. Mm-hmm. So that made it a little less heartbreaking. It was like, oh, look, here's a right. picture of this guy you love in a uniform he doesn't wear anymore, as opposed to <laughs> here's where he represented, you know, his, his home, his home home team. Right. You know, I think it's going to take the place of the, the Juan Soto uh, wiggly bobblehead that uh-huh. I have, the, the shuffle bobblehead bobble that I have on my desk because it makes me happy because I can see him shuffle because he, he jiggles when you when you knock him. But um, <laughs> but it, it, he's in a Nats uniform. It's just, it's just like as a daily reminder. So I'm thinking Kike yeah. in Puerto Rico. I can I can handle that. And it's got his bright green shoes. And they're I, pretty cool. I did already take mine into work. So I made this stupid plan to actually go to work on Friday instead of taking one additional day <laughs> off to recover at home on Friday. So I was a little dazed, did get caught up. But the most important thing that I did was bring in not only my new Kike Hernandez um, World Baseball Classic bobblehead, but also my little replica of Fenway Pak from... 
from Bob, that from Potty really Mouth's sweet. dad, who presented us each with a tiny <laughs> little lovely replica of Fenway Park, which is now in my office. That I'm place impressed. Of honor. I'm impressed. And I mean, it is a classic ballpark. It was so very sweet. It was it was a nice thing for dad. So those are those are two out of three. So we got the the cool tie dyed shirt, which I love. We got the Kike bobblehead. But also, while we're standing in aforementioned beer line, it was it was super crowded around there. There's all these people in these same identical tie-dye jerseys, which was quite a scene. Um, and there was a great band going on. And I was looking up at the people who are looking the, at the band from above, and I thought, "There's a that's where the older folks, like, I should be up there. I need more room, more and air looking to for breathe. the older folks yeah. at a Jerry Garcia on, on our, it was really <laughs> funny. It was like, well, just where do you draw the line? Yeah. I, I, I felt like I just needed a little more space. But I couldn't do the math in my brain about whether it was better to bail and go up and buy beer until we got to the front of the line. And then I looked to the left, and I did a, like a, hey, Patty, hey, Patty, you know who that is? And it was Louis Tiant sitting there next to his stand. Now, he does have a, a Cuban food stand on, on Jersey Street by Fenway Park called El Tiante, but he's not there all the time. I've never seen him there before. I mean, it's not like he's cooking for us. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, definitely not for me because I'm not eating a Cuban sandwich. But he was sitting there with a stack of photos in front of him, which, which gave us the impression that we could walk up to him and ask for a signed photograph which we did and I got to chat with them and it was really lovely and you took some cute pictures of us together yeah I mean I'm gonna just go ahead and drink here because I'm gonna say you were totally adorable <laughs> telling the story of your dad taking you to Fenway to see him pitch I mean yeah. that was just like one of those how can you not be romantic about baseball moments it was lovely I was totally fangirling out although when I got back and I told my no. dad dad was like did you speak to him in Spanish and I was like oh fuck I, I totally should have but yeah I spaced it I totally spaced it it was so much fun the other thing that happened at Fenway which you have probably already seen because yeah. Video of this went everywhere. We were at the game on Wednesday versus the Royals when um oh I just forgot his name is Isbel is uh yeah uh, yeah hit the hit the ball so hard into the green monster that it actually went into a light bulb like it went like, it was one of the outs one of the, yep. one, yeah. of the one of the, the lights to light up to indicate what out it is and um the, oh it was um Yoshida Yoshida was, Yoshida was was the was, was playing left field and he tried to catch the ball and then he couldn't find the ball he's yeah. looking at where the hell's the ball <laughs> and we're all everyone's yelling it's in the wall it's in the wall and finally he looks down and he says in fact the ball went into the light and it was trapped inside the light and then you were like no no don't put your hand in you're gonna get cut God, like, I, I went on mom mode I'm like yeah. no 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 you don't have no you're right. gonna get but then when the when the inning switched and MJ Melendez came out he kind of like you know did a couple warm-up throws then he kind of looked around and he kind of sauntered up to yeah. the wall and he stuck his head down there and he put his it was like oh my god I gotta see this it was like he was kind of fanboying over oh, it totally I yeah. mean it's super cool to be next to the green monster anyway and the best part is that we actually had seats that were right next to it I had never sat in left field before at Fenway and we just happened to be like right in front of where that happened so that was fun. Yeah, it was. Um, I want to back up one day. The other huge oh, yeah. fun of our road trip, well, there's so much huge funs, but the, the one that we haven't talked about was going to the Woo Sox in Worcester, which was, I like Polapak. I, I thought like it was Pac lovely. Too. So we had a, a lovely time there. It was Taco Tuesday. And folks, if you can get to Polapak on a Tuesday, you get three tacos and a margarita for 12 bucks. But you have to go over on, shoot, I forget what it's called, Sumner Street or something like that. There's a special place. Just ask people for where Taco Tuesday is. Super worth it. Totally worth it. And what are we calling it? It's, it's tequila? Oh, right. <laughs> tacos and tequila. <laughs> my, my dad called me yeah. and said, I heard there was tequila at, at Wista. I was like, well, I think yeah, you mean Taco Tuesday. That's yeah. okay, but we're going to kill it dead. <laughs> we got it. Yeah, that was our first stop. And we thought everything was was going well and that we were getting really lucky because I thought the game was going to be rained out. 
Um, and then the clouds start coming in. And they covered the field and they proactively delayed the, the game. For, and it ended up being well done. They communicated well. It was just an hour. It wasn't that much rain that came through. But in that time, we needed somewhere to see, sit, which like everybody else did. So Patty, of course, was like, well, this is a good opportunity to make some friends. So I'm going to give a, a shout out to the two guys whose names we do not know, but they were very friendly. And we talked a lot about family baseball road trips. And it was a dad and his high school age son. Yeah. And yeah, and so like they were they were actually on a check all the um, the football stadiums off of of their list and also some baseball fun and everything that we chatted about. They're like, oh, hey, wait, we know about yeah. that. It was very fun. It was a good time. And see, they did they did a good deed and we had a lovely time with yeah. them. Yeah. So the moral of the story is if there's a rain delay, like, you know, make lemonade, like see if you hey, grab a beer. <laughs> and and we had some good beer from was it Wormtown? Wormtown, Wormtown. Brewery, highly recommended. And just sit down and, and make some friends. And and everything is happy in Polapak, really, because of their mascot, Smiley, who they, we also got a picture with us and Smiley. I'm going to have to, like, cover my face on it because it's And potty prominent. mouth, once, once seeing um, <laughs> Mr. Smiley up close. I got like, so excited. I could do that because it's not like a, right. like a racing president with, like, a 60-pound head that's above your head. Yeah. That's just a thing of danger. Like, your head would be at the, like... It's you I could, could be do a this. Smiley. You would yeah. so, and I also learned why it's Mr. Smiley. It turns out that the iconic yellow smiley face was actually invented in Worcester. So that's something to be proud of. So yeah. I, I, you know, more and more, I just love the whole Wusax concept. I loved the smiley. I loved the the park. I loved all the all the fun stuff. The mascot race was great, and we were there forever because there were 19 runs in the game. It was <laughs> so many. It went from them being way, way ahead, and that was a close game. And in the end, we just saw a lot of baseball. Yeah, first I thought it was we'd be there forever because there were 432 um, options for for um, baseball caps. Oh right, and trying to decide on one. <laughs> Kind of took a while, but then, yeah, then everything kind of eased up. Yeah. So uh, road trips, baseball road trips, we highly recommend them. Hmm. On today's show, in our boyfriend segment, can Fenway be a boyfriend? We've got Nikki's bat and his arm. We've got mental health days and yay to Phillies fans. The Farm Report has an Atlanta high A team with a welcome name change and the kids are all right. Women and Girls in Baseball, we've got the police blotter with Fight Club follow-up and freeing Kevin Brown. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Um, as if I haven't talked enough about Fenway already, I mean, it's just a, it's a little bit to come down after we're back from our trip. I just had a couple of little Fenway additions. One is, despite my best intentions, we did not stay another day. So we missed Dominican night. So not only did they have the music, actually, for Jerry Night, there was one stage. Dominican night, they had three stages in three different parts of the park. And they had Dominican um, artists come. But I, the part that impressed me the most was they had, they acknowledged 10 kids in a group called Lindos Sueños, which is uh, Sweet Dreams, basically, mm -hmm. that um, gets sent every year. The Red Sox organization sponsors 10 kids who go to the Dominican Republic to do both baseball and community service. And so this year, those kids, plus the team that they were playing against in the DR, came together to help work on building a house in between baseball games. I so love this. I would love to see more teams doing that. Maybe more teams do, but you know, here I am talking about it so that we can all share what we know about good things that are going on that are sponsored by um, by our favorite teams. The next night also, they continued the celebration and had a group of Latina youth um, from Lawrence Public Schools who are being honored 
for their good grades. And actually the aforementioned people that we talked to, I don't know if you remember, but when I said my dad lives in Lawrence, they both went, you know, it's like, ooh, it's, it's a rough town. They have a history of problems. So for the Red Sox to be concentrating on Lawrence High School kids who are doing well um, and acknowledging them on the field, I think is awesome. And it's sort of flip side. I went and was looking in the Lawrence Public School website and on opening day last year, they um, actively encouraged people to wear their Red Sox gear to school. So I also think that would be a great thing to happen nationwide. For sure. Hey, you should take that. I think there's one more sip in there before oh. I throw cider in there. Um, I think we neglected to mention that we were drinking some Boston beer. Yeah. Um, is it from Boston or is it actually from Lawrence? It's from Andover. So oh, it's like Andover. the other side. So this Lawrence Andover uh, line it's the is the divide. A, I've learned about the whole divide big situation. Deal. You, any any massholes out there, you, you probably can understand what we're talking about. But that's that's you know where we're at. That's where this beer comes from, pretty much the Lawrence Andover line. Yeah, and so we had that. Now we're switching to a cider from 1911, Ooh. which we mentioned last week from Lafayette. New York, which I may have misnamed last time. If oh, our, if 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 <laughs> our you. Um, you know our our checkers, our fact checkers are going to be believed. Now we're drinking 1911 Pride. Drink up the rainbow hard cider. So we'll tell you how it is. The can's pretty. Yeah, it's a lovely rainbow can. Yeah, and if you can get out to 1911, which is somewhere near Syracuse, it's so worthwhile. It's really beautiful. I'll just go back to Fenway for a minute, though. This past, um, so Chris Sale came back, which is a big fucking deal because Fenway's been when hurting for Red Sox pitchers. And the night that he came back, there was not the usual play-by-play guy on the Nesson broadcast. It was a guy whose name is Mike Monaco, who's experienced, but he's not the voice, you know, of the Red Sox. And after four innings, and I was noticing how well Chris Sale was was you know, plowing through the batters. But you were not saying the words. I was not saying the words. And I actually called across the room to Mr. Pottymouth saying, this is a really good game. You should come see see what's happening. But I didn't say the words. And then the announcer, they're going to commercial break, said, and he's perfect through four. Oh! And Mr. Pottymouth turned to me and he was like, is that okay to say? And I kind of went like, I don't think so. You say he's faced the minimum. Right. You can say he's faced the minimum. Yeah. It, oh, it was, no. And it was it was like mostly strikeouts. I think like six or seven of them were, were strikeouts. Um, seven. And then he comes in the fifth inning. First batter strikes out. Second batter ground out. And then a home run. So like what a way to blow the perfect game with a home run. And then the batter after that, he hit with a pitch. And then Alex Cora very smartly came up and was like, all right, you're done. We're done. Yeah. Which is really good because he came out on a high note. You know, he gave up one run. There was one other uh, run that he was responsible for. But at least he could come out with like mostly having a good appearance. But but um, on the on the broadcast, Kevin Euclid is the color commentator, and he's like, "Dude, you don't do that." <laughs> like, oh, he, he called him out on the air. Him. Yes, yeah, he oh, did. Good. He did. So I think that was the right thing to be doing. Um, speaking of calling people out, I just Alex Verdugo is my least favorite Red Sox, and I didn't realize that he was benched in June for hus- not hustling for behavioral re- reasons and he was benched again last Saturday for showing up late and Alex Cora was just like this is my job we've got to keep you know and he's getting very frustrated with players attitude he's like you know you don't you don't fuck around you got to be here on time this is your job mm-hmm. do your job um, we were very tense because Trevor Story we saw in Worcester and he did great and then we saw him at Fenway and he still hadn't gotten a hit and it was like two games we saw in. him in Syracuse uh, oh that's right he we was in Worcester Syracuse. He, but yeah, he had already been brought up by the time we got to Worcester. So he did great in Syracuse against the Mets. 
And then at Fenway, we're all like, I was especially me. I'm like, fuck, you know, they got rid of Kike. They DFA'd. DFA'd, those are the letters. I'm here Yu Chang. And I'm like, you know, Trevor Story, this is your job. Today, hal if fucking Luya, he went four for four. So I'm really, really hopeful. And I want to thank the Orioles for beating the Mariners because they're like one ahead of us for the wild card race. Another guy visited Fenway this week, which was Miguel Cabrera for his goodbye. And Fenway gave him a standing ovation sure. for his left at, at bat. So those people, the, the fans at Fenway really know basically how, how you're supposed to behave. You know, there's there's some glaring exceptions, but in, in some ways. Was that where the PA announcer um, stole my gig in all the mm. best ways? Mm-hmm. I was so excited because I always yes. make a point when I announce, at, you know, our tiny little local college league. I say it's time for the national anthem. I don't mm-hmm. say you must rise or you need to. I just say it's time for the national anthem. But I do say time to get up for the stretch yeah. and encourage people to get up for the stretch. And I've never heard that in a major league park. And whoever's doing the PA announcing at Fenway did the exact same thing. We're like, oh, my God, this is great. Super. And it didn't hurt anybody's feelings. Yep. People yeah. seemed fine with it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, Fenway. Uh, so McGre- Miguel Cabrera not only said goodbye to Fenway Park and got a piece of the Green Ma- Monster, they gave him a 24 from the Green Monster. I don't know who uses a 24, but that's all right. He's He's got it now. Um, and he also went up in the all-time hits. So one day he passed G- Tony Gwynn, who was at 3,141, and the next and I think it was actually the same game. He passed Robin Yount 3,142. He's at number 20. He's got a little ways to go to get to Paul Wayner, who is 3,152, but that's totally reachable by the end of the season and could go up even more. And the the quote I saw from Miguel Cabrera that I just love was, I can say I have more hits than Tony, Tony Gwynn, bro. That's insane. Like, yeah. just that realization. Yeah. And, that, and that respect also for Tony Gwynn being, I mean, holy shit, to pass Tony Gwynn in anything is amazing. Um, also, I was looking for the next active player who, like, maybe could be, you know, threatening. There is nobody until – so he's at 20 – Joey Votto is next at 233, 233. So Miguel Cabrera is something special, clearly heading to the Hall of Fame eventually. Um, Okay, my last sort of boyfriend-adjacent thing is uh, related to Trey Turner with the Phillies, because I picked Trey Turner years ago when he was on the Nats, actually. And I want to give credit to Phillies fans for doing the right thing too. Like, look at this Boston fans and Phillies fans being the like the nice guys. That's like I so am out of character. Shocked. Tell me more. Yeah. So Trey Turner had a has had a rough season. And they paid $300 million for him in the offseason for 11 years, right? So he is a Philly for life. He was supposed to be, you know, coming in this year. He had a great world baseball classic, but has not been doing well overall. Mm-hmm. Then this past week, well, before before this last week, the week before when we were traveling, and they were traveling, and he went 103 on a seven-game road trip, which is just ouch. So as of August 3rd, his overall average was 235. So this start, the, the turnaround started when a fan posted in the Philly subreddit that, hey, how about we donate to the V Foundation for Cancer Research in honor of Trey Turner, and because it's a it's an organization that he and his wife have um, have worked a lot for, and after that point, when he came back home, so that that was August third was his two thirty five. They came back home August fourth. The fans stood for every at bat. 
So not only did they start donating that day, but they stood every time he came up, uh, standing out, like applauding. This is Philadelphia? Yeah. I is am this, Is this crazy? Shocked, so this is the I same, love this. Yeah, this is the same place in that the Breaking Tea, wonderful t-shirt of Alec Bohm, Alec, I hate this place, Bohm, because he got famously booed when sure. he was fucking up last year. But apparently, like, it, I think it just takes one spark. It takes one person with a good idea. And I don't know, this subreddit guy got it started. But from August 5th to 11th, so the week after, he had 12 hits, was batting 429 with two home runs. So the moral of the story is booing your player, your favorite player, or a guy on your team when they're not doing well doesn't help. Actually, supporting them might turn them around. So I love that we learned like this Look lesson at you from, with the teaching moment. Right? I'm so excited. But also from like I would have never guessed yeah. Phillies fans would be the one. So I yeah, congrats my I'm tipping my hat to Phillies fans. Yeah, today. you are. I'm tipping my hat to Nikki Lopez, who um, was earlier this season was my Royals boyfriend and then got traded to Atlanta. He's a hammer now. Um, so I'm going to remind people in our fantasy league, you can if, if you end up with more than one guy from uh-huh. a team, you need to drop them or at least bench them until you can figure out how to trade them away. But you cannot play the two guys. You, if you want, you pick a guy, you got to bench him and he's done. He's done. I cannot put Michael Harris ever back in my lineup, but he's there as my... As my trade piece, because I needed Nikki Lopez, because I need a middle infielder. So, so hey, folks out there, if you're in our fantasy league and you're interested in Michael Harris, contact Patty. That's right, especially if you have oh, I don't know, a Rangers pitcher. Yeah. Um. Okay. So <laughs> Nikki uh, appeared once as a pinch runner, but this first game that he started for the Hammers was on Saturday. There was a doubleheader versus the Mets. He was playing in the first game. He started at shortstop. He went four for six. Wow. Okay, this is the game that Atlanta won 21 to three. That's so I got to say, you know, everybody, everybody did things. But the things that he did were going four for six. He had five runs batted in. He had his first home run since 2021 in the top of the ninth. And in the bottom of the ninth, he went in as a pitcher and pitched a scoreless ninth. He pitched a scoreless inning? He, he walked oh a guy, God. but the, nobody hit on him. And he, he was a scoreless ninth. Wow. Apparently, he's the fourth MLB player this season to both homer and pitch a scoreless inning. The other three were not on the list where this was written. So I that's which strikes me as something that I'm going to have to look up because I want to know. But that seems like a lot. Yeah, well, of- especially now that we have the universal DH. Like, I'm, I'm wondering how that compares to seasons when pitchers were hitting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, again, I also don't know if this is um, – well, sure. I mean, if this includes Shohei Otani, then that's, that would be a thing. Right. I was reading it. In my head, it was probably position players, but it could be right. anybody, in which case one or more of those would be Shohei, I'm sure. Well, that would be, yeah, for a real pitcher to be batting. For, that would be right. Just him. Right. Um, Seiya Suzuki is now the, um, the teaching moment for taking a okay. mental health day. Oh, because he um, his 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 swing, man, he was having terrible plate appearances. Fine. Then he was bad. So he was he was sat. He sat out for four games prior to past Wednesday game versus the Mets to figure out what was going on Hmm. at the plate. He worked with the hitting coach. He did not. He was not in the lineup. He just had a little little mental health time. Came back on Wednesday. He had three hits, including a first pitch triple. Holy shit. And a home run. And he said it was a mental struggle. He said it, it turned out not mm. to be mechanics, but I don't know if he was just too much in his head or, or he was stressed about something. He didn't he didn't you know tell more about mm-hmm. that. 
but the break absolutely helped. So, hey, I think that's a teaching moment for pretty much anybody. If yeah. you're too much in your head, take a day off. If you can take a day off, take a day off and try to clear your head and come back and you'll be better for it. Last seven days, his OPS is 1.379 just for yeah. that seven-day period. So mental health days are a thing. Right. Calling in sick for mental health works. I mean, you know, it's, you're not feeling well. You're not feeling well. Um, so we've been talking about these baseball boyfriends. I think I didn't say the little usual stick in that these are the guys that we picked in the offseason because there's something super cool about them. We each picked one guy per team. If you want to hear more about them, go back to past episodes, which we're, we're straightening out our number system also, just to flash back to that. So, um, oh, we didn't we, talk about that. Yeah, we, we mentioned I referenced this, it. <laughs> this is episode 304 slash 315. But why do we have two numbers? Is it because we want more congratulation presents sooner? No, it's because yeah, maybe. all the way through, we had our own way of counting our episodes, which makes sense to us. Which, which was actually counting the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we had some special episodes, like interviews and stuff like that. And we didn't count them as episode numbers. But lately, when I've been reposting um, our, our, our episodes, our upcoming episodes, I've noticed that the way that it's flagged, especially on Twitter and on Facebook has the episode number with what what's the i don't know whatever mechanism puts our episodes out there that the thing that numbers our episodes and so when we go back to look at stuff that happened in say episode 315 if we want to actually find the right one we should probably use those numbers which yeah. means that in our time in our seven years we have done 11 special episodes besides and now they're going to have numbers. So if anybody wants to be an NCIB intern, we have plenty of work for you <laughs> with numbering episodes and figuring out what's where. But, you know, we'll do it slowly. It'll it'll happen. We'll get it together. So speaking of baseball boyfriends, um, I have been really bad at following my current picks, the guys that I picked from this year, because my old guys are just so much more interesting. So Miguel Cabrera, Trey Turner with both old picks of mine. But I figured I'd give a quick look to see who's doing well with my new picks. And Julio Rodriguez is good at baseball. So as far as defense, super sexy defense, he is leading all outfielders in outs above average. Right now he is leading with 12. Um, next tied at 10 is Luis Robert and Fernando Tatis Jr. And Fernando Tatis Jr., it's, it's nice to see that he made that adjustment, you know, from the infield mm. to the outfield so well that he's now tied for second in outs above average. Also, he is super good friends with Julio Rodriguez, a couple of young Dominican guys. And Julio this past week robbed a home run from Tatis Jr., but not only robbed it, but um, his, his acting experience. Have you seen his commercials? He's in a lot of commercials I've seen some, yeah. that are really funny, very cheesy acting. So apparently his acting coaching is, is trickling onto the field because when he caught the ball, he just kind of walked in and didn't realize, according to what he's saying, that people didn't realize that it was in his glove. And Tatis apparently made it to third base before... He, he revealed the secret. And just because they have a good relationship, it did not end in, say, a benches clearing brawl or anything like that. It was just good nature joking around. <laughs> and with a smile like Julio's, you know, you can yep. get away with a lot. I think a lot of a lot of pranks. So on that note, um, today finished the series between Seattle and the Orioles. So mm -hmm. I watched a couple of games and I saw Julio play, and he's center field. Yeah, I think so. So he hit. What should have been a home run two two nights? It's the Friday night game, and Cedric Mullins made this like is a diving catch. It must have oh. been a home run. It was just a really deep catch, and Cedric just laid out for it. It was an extraordinary catch, 
And when he came back up with it, Julio just stopped and tipped his hat and basically cracked up. He was That's like, awesome. are you kidding me? But it was like the center fielder to center fielder respect. Yeah. And it was really nice to see. It was like, yep, wow, yep, you did it. That was Okay, you're good at baseball too. And that's the way to like to I mean that's the ideal way to react yep. to something like that. This is a game you guys are having fun and respect. So, uh Julio had been struggling at the plate at the beginning of the season, but he has totally been waking up in August. So, overall he's batting 256 with 752 OPS on the year, but in August, 302 average with 897 OPS. So, he just it's he's just been climbing steadily all season. Um, I do appreciate the Orioles beating Seattle today because they are just above the Red Sox for the wildcard race behind Toronto, who is now, you know, in that position where they would have the wildcard if the season were to end today. Luckily, it is not. And I'm uh-huh. going to keep hope alive. Yeah, you are. Me and this rainbow cider. This is really tasty. It's, actually. Good. it's a little sweeter than the other ones we've been mm. drinking, but it's nice. We're going to take a visit to the minor leagues briefly, and I want to tell you that the kids are all right. Checking in on Jackson Holiday, last year's number one draft pick. He's only 19, right? He's still ranked the number one prospect by MLB Pipeline. A few days ago, maybe he had his third five-hit game of his career. Five-hit game. At 19. Yeah, this was his first at double-A, because it just came up recently to double-A Bowie. On Friday night, yes, Friday night, he went five for six. For Double A Bowie versus Richmond, which in- included a two RBI triple, and he stole his twenty first bag. The last time there was a five hit game for a player for Bowie was, in fact, Cedric Mullins hitting for the cycle in twenty nineteen. Hey, we go to Bowie. Yeah, we do. Fun stuff. Yeah, we do. So Dylan Cruz, who was the number two overall pick mm. this year, is currently playing for um, the Single A um, Fredericksburg Nationals, and he's played four games. He's twenty one. In his fourth game on Tuesday for the Fred Nats, he went four for five, including a grand slam. The previous day, his third game, he he hit his first home run as a professional ball player. So these kids have some talent. It would be really nice if he could come to Bowie before the end of the year. I would go out to Bowie to see Dylan Cruz. That would be except for the single A doesn't play the double A, so we wouldn't get to see that. Yeah. Well, no, like if he's like brought up. Okay, I'll call Oh, up. wait, wait, wait. Wrong, 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 wrong yeah. system. Shit. I always fuck that up between the Orioles and the Nationals. Yeah, if he's brought up to, where is Nats double A? It would be Harrisburg. And they do All play right. a buoy frequently. So that would actually work. Oh, okay. So maybe if stars completely align, yes. that we could see him there. in the next couple of weeks before the, the the minor league season is over. Oh, man. I don't know where anybody is. But I do know that the Rome baseball team is the same division or the same, I don't know, system, right? There's a word for that, as the Atlanta team, the Hammers, right? So the Atlanta Hammers high A team is Rome. And they should be uh, following the road to Rome, right? They should be changing their name just like Rome did. So Rome had this statement. I thought it was c- kind of bland. Wait, did you actually point out that the Rome team shared a name with the current Atlanta ah, Major League team? I did not. So that's yes. an important detail. Yeah. yeah. So Rome and the Atlanta Major League team had the same name, which we don't use because it's offensive and it sucks and it and it incites people to do stupid racist chants. So the Rome team is changing their name. And I feel like they did it. it their statement is very polite. It is de- in no way degrades the current name. And in fact, it says it gives a- acknowledgement to the iconic tomahawk on the chest and the players who wore it. Full respect. 
And then it says, well, we've decided to change that. And they kind of, you know, insinuate that it's because of the name, but they don't say it directly in any way. And they don't um, disregard the name in any way. They say, we recognize the importance of having a team name that resonates with our diverse fan base. So it's time for a change. They have a form open for your suggestions. So we'll link that in our show notes. If you want to suggest a good name. Maybe the hammers. For the Rome tea, I was going to say, like, we got to fill that out. August 11th to 18th. So get on that quickly. Um, I don't often get in Twitter arguments, but I when I saw this, I reposted it excitedly. And some asshole commented on our feed without any... Um, ability to, con to to try to convince me of his point of view, which is kind of where I feel like this is fucking ridiculous. So the first thing he said was, tell me your dipshit without being a dipshit or whatever that phrase is. Just like basically By posting saying, what he just posted, apparently. Yeah, right, right. So that was you my first did, reaction. And then I, I just said, you know, you're not making a very convincing argument. I don't understand your perspective. Like basically inviting him mm -hmm. to come back with actually what is your argument behind it. And then he said, for somebody whose name is No Crying in Baseball, you're doing a lot of crying. And I responded saying, you're putting tears in my eyes. I have not said anything that shows that I'm crying, nor complaining, nor anything. Like, I posted a very encouraging yay Rome post, and then he said I was dipshit. And then I said, that's not a convincing argument. And then he said I was crying. So a little bit of mansplaining. A little bit of just being an asshole, and then he just shut up. Not so much explaining, though. Yeah, no explaining. Actually, yeah, he didn't explain. It was explained free. It was just being a dick. But I, I got to say, I mean, you did actually reach out and try to have civil discourse yeah. on Twitter. So there's that. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know That's that a the, 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 the it was stacked against you to begin with. But yeah, thank you for standing up for all that is right in the world. Woohoo! Woohoo! Hey, our police blotter. We've got a follow up to last week's conversation about Fight Night in Cleveland, well, Fight Night Cleveland and and um, and the Chicago White Sox. When we spoke last, the actual punishments hadn't come down. Right. The ejections we had happened. Just, missed, just it. missed it. So Jose Ramirez was suspended from, for three games. He appealed it, which meant he was able to play while the appeal was mm -hmm. going on. Just today, they announced that it was. Well, it, I guess a Friday it was announced it was reduced to two games, which he just served over this weekend um, versus the race, to which Terry Francona said, not having him for 10 minutes isn't fun, let alone two games, but I'm glad it's two instead of three. Huh. I wonder if that has to do with his, he apologized. Maybe. And 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 there was no, and he said in his apology that he also reached out to Tim Anderson and hadn't heard back. So Tim Anderson was suspended for six games. He's also appealed, which means he's also been playing. And apparently the six games are the longest suspension issued by MLB in this kind oh. of a situation. But that the results of the appeal, I could not find it. So I don't think they have been announced yet. They may be announced before hmm. we go live with this episode. Both managers ended up with one game suspension. So did um, the closer Class A and the uh, Guardians third base coach, uh, Sarba. There were a couple of fines thrown around, like to the White Sox pitcher, mm -hmm. and I can't remember. So there, there were a couple of fines, but not suspensions handed out to other people. There were jokes um, by the commentators who said they can't eject everybody involved or they couldn't finish <laughs> the game. Oh, my God. There are so many people out there. There was a very fun piece in The Atlantic about um, – they talked to both – um, uh, Jason Benetti and um, and Tom Hamilton, the two the two broadcasters, the Chicago White Sox 
broadcaster and then Hammy from the Guardians who was now who was now famous for Down Goes Anderson Down Goes Anderson about calling that and it's very funny oh cool about how they had to sort of switch from calling a baseball game to calling a fight and <laughs> and how they had to rethink what they're doing and and the the two broadcasters were watching different things like Benetti was watching the bullpens and noticed that all oh. the guys from both teams had to go back they share a tunnel so they had to go back in the same time so it was hilarious because they were very polite to each other merging like they were on a highway <laughs> as opposed to trying to like unta- so it, it's I'm, I'm gonna link to it it's re- it's really a fun read wow I, I, I would like to just know more about how they made that decision like why Tim Anderson got so many more I mean I know he threw the first punch but it didn't land whereas Ramirez he came connected. out two more times yeah that's true that, I mean he that's, kept that's the that was deal. the other yep, joke that's it, right the, well, I can't remember who it was that it was like watching the movie Ben-Hur because it's super long and also has intermissions which is exactly <laughs> what happened with the fight there were two intermissions then it restarted two times okay yeah so and he was responsible for that oh yeah. he and, absolutely and was Jose Ramirez definitely like yep. he was just standing there after he so since we last talked my favorite play-by-play guy Kevin Brown for the O's had vanished from the broadcast and whenever I see oh this this broadcaster has been suspended I think the worst right I think it's something about them personally and I thought, oh, no, I really like that person. Yeah. Please don't break my heart. Well, Kevin Brown did not break my heart. John Angelos is kind of a doofus. So um, in the pregame show on July 23rd, Kevin Brown noted that the O's had already won more at at the Rays, right, at the Trop this season than they had at the Trop in the past three seasons combined, which when you hear that, do you think, oh, he's picking on the O's? Or do you think... Wow, he's saying the O's are so much better this year. Yeah, that's a big compliment that they're doing that much better. And the, and the trap is a shitty place. Like, that's so, impressive. Yeah, so John Angelo said, oh, no, you're making me sound cheap, so you're out of here. <laughs> well, um, you are. The well. official team line was he hasn't been suspended, but and we don't comment on personnel things. But not only did other broadcasters jump to Kevin Brown's yeah. defense. You'll you'll see things from all over the league where other broadcasts are like, what, were people getting suspended for telling the truth? Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. You're making the Orioles look bad when they're having this this historic season for them. You're distracting people from watching these kids who are good at baseball to talk about this instead. The owner is crazy. This is all bad. The fans have started their free Kevin Brown chants, which are which were loud and enthusiastic in the ballpark, which is pretty good. That's the awesome. the O's announcers who work for the you know the network that Kevin Brown worked for basically couldn't say anything about about it, right? But this was a game that was broadcast nationally on TBS, and one of the announcers for the, oh. for the national broadcast, Brian Anderson, said the chance of free Kevin Brown raining down. I love this fan base standing behind their announcer. So it got called oh, out on national TV. Because so what are they going to do? They can't fire this guy. Yeah, they got they got nothing on him. So that was pretty cool. And of course, there are the free Kevin Brown T-shirts. But we don't have to free Kevin Brown anymore. Although there may be a little bit of a um, mind, I don't know, something bad going on um, mm-hmm. with, like, I, he may have been brainwashed. I don't know, because Kevin Brown, the day he came back, which was past Friday, had this series of tweets said, yeah. kind of saying he was coming back that said things like, O's fans, I'm a storyteller, and I never want to be part of the story. Okay, that makes sense. Right. So the fact is, I have a wonderful relationship with the organization and our ownership and front office has fully supported me since 2019. When I first came aboard, we are all good here in 
Birdland. And it sounded very much like those apologies that are written by, you know, the PR person that we always oh, make fun yeah. of. This doesn't sound good. In fact, the Yankees broadcaster, Michael K said it sounded like a, a hostage tape. You know, where the, the hostage has to read something written for them on camera to prove that they're being treated just fine. Now, he's yeah. looked good and sounded good. on the. I, I watched, you know, bits of all three games this weekend. He sounds like, you know, how he's always been. And apparently he did not refer to any of it in the pregame show. Oof. So I don't know if he's got a tiptoe around things which is creepy but he is back and i'm really pleased that so many people in so many different demographics rallied behind him and said this is wrong but nobody nobody's saying why he was suspended well i mean they're just saying i mean everyone is saying why is that angelos didn't like what he said about about the o's record right and that's which is ridiculous yeah yeah that is holy cow all right. Well, I hope that things stay happy in Birdland because I think that we need Kevin Brown for the rest of this exciting season. Uh, last week when we were recording in the barn, we had just gotten there from Cooperstown, right? And we talked about our Cooperstown visit. And we, I think we, we mentioned our problems in finding parking because there was so much action happening around Cooperstown right next to the parking lot, which is where this ball field is. And it turns Double day. At, Double day field. Yeah. So it turns out that Cooperstown Village, which Double Day Field is a part of, I think there are more fields, they host every weekend uh, like a tournament that you can kind of apply to online. So if you go online with your, and I'm not sure if they're all 12 and under teams, but it kind of looked that way, they have these really cool looking packages. And man, for chaperones also looks lovely where they have like a meal plan and you spend the week in Cooperstown. I'm pretty sure it's a whole week, yeah, three to seven four, five, six, seven. All right, I'm teaching that. Math teacher, maybe here you go. It's, maybe it's five days, but um, it looks like a great experience for kids. And the week that we were there, and there were all these kids walking around Doubleday Field, there was a girls team involved in out of 72 teams that were there. So that's a lot of traffic. They were the only girls team on that list. Wow. So I don't know how often girls teams are involved, but the ball girls, who I believe are from California, I didn't write it down, but that's what memory serves, were there when we were there. And not only were they playing against the 72 teams, but they made it to the Sweet 16. So it's like nice. a, there's a there's like a pool play for a few a few days, and then they have a bracket. And they went four and two in the in the pool play. And I think what's very cool is their first two games were losses followed by three wins. And then in elimination, they were three and one. So they came in 13th place out of the 72 teams. And ESPNW, which I guess is like women's sports mm-hmm. ESPN, sent them all ESPNW hoodies. That's fantastic. Like that they could wear to the park. And the the pro tip there, if you're traveling to Cooperstown, take the shuttle. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's easy to park in the shuttle parking and it's super cheap and um, it takes you exactly where you want to go. Yeah, it's a cute little trolley shuttle thing. Yep. It's, yeah, that was fun. So those girls are our future women's team, and hopefully, you know, there'll be a lot more baseball happening for women by the time that they're they're of this age. Um, but I remember our intern, Junior Prouty Mouth, said when he was at the Sabre Conference that Maybelle Blair from uh, All-American Girls Professional League um, was complaining about how the women's team hadn't been doing well. And the women's team was came in fourth. The women's national team. The, the women's national team, exactly. And not that they have a lot of play opportunities, but in the in the Women's World Cup, 
The last time around in 2018, they came in fourth place, which clearly is not a medal. So Maybell apparently sort of like, you know, scolded them for this. Not scolded, but in an encouraging way. Like there's no, I think what Junior Potty Mouth said is there's no reason why our women shouldn't be winning these things. So Veronica Alvarez, who is just absolutely my idol. So she's the, the coach of the women's national team. She came up with the slogan in the very beginning, rule the entire world. So you are here to rule the world. Apparently, her wife is somebody of, of a like mind as, as I am and changed it to rule the entire fucking world and convinced her that this was going to be their motto. And in their belts on the inside is etched hash mark RT, well, probably not with a hash mark, but RTEFW. And if you do heart hash mark RTEFW should be coming up with women's uh baseball stuff because that is what they're they've been saying and it is working because they won every game so today was the last day of group a the the, there's two groups as part of the women's baseball world cup the finals are going to be happening all the way next year in thunder bay ontario but the the u.s women were undefeated entering they were entering ranked second out of their group so canada was above them they beat canada 23 to nothing in wow. five innings and their shutout against hong kong was even more of a blowout wow the closest game they played was a three to two win over australia which is a very impressive team and australia got knocked out so the three teams that are going to move on are the u.s in absolute first place and Canada and Mexico. All right. So Korea, Hong Kong, and Australia go home. And then next month will be Group B happening in Japan from September 12th to the 17th. Cuba, France, Japan, Puerto Rico, Taiwan, and Venezuela will be vying for the other three spots. And I'm thinking Thunder Bay next year. Holy Heck cow. Yeah. That would be so much fun. Super fun. Hey, we have this crazy fantasy team <laughs> and things have settled back out slightly differently than last week oh wow some of the people who were surprisingly high in the rankings have sort of settled back down just a little bit maybe because <laughs> they don't have michael harris on their team number one <laughs> continues to be bono's boyfriends followed by save me Sal- salvi and my team is hurt a's suck oh sorry Brady. behind that we've got razzle dazzle number four the kids in number five wicked awesome team is number six Next bash down there, Short Kings are number seven. Karen's not-so-awesome team, eight. <laughs> Pretty close behind there is Potty Mouth's Oof. posse. And then a big break, a big relaxing buffer. And then <laughs> me at 10. And then the, the Sunny Slammers at 11. And the Bada Bingers at 12. We've got 40, couple more games to go, people. Yeah, yeah. And a super shout-out to Sunny Slammers and Bada Bingers for hanging in there because they, they do have the very understandable excuse of joining late, but they're still hanging in and playing fantasy with us. So this is uh, good stuff. Hey, what are we doing this week? There's some baseball this hey, week. so like I haven't talked about the Red Sox enough. Uh, the Red Sox are in town at Nats. So that is super convenient. So after we sign off here, we are going to be buying some tickets because there are a shit ton available because the Nationals have been struggling a little bit this year. Actually, just to give a little bit of a shout out to Nats fans, the last uh, – team that was in town i think they're still in town yeah we're finishing up today with the a's yeah oakland a's big showing of that in the fifth inning chant sell the team and nats fans are all behind it because i think uh can understand a little bit what it's like to have an owner who's not maybe paying the attention that you deserve 
for sure. Hey, um, I'm just bringing this on you right now, but I just got invited to the beach for oh. next weekend. So we may be recording just a little late next Sunday, right. but my, my book club at the beach last minute actually in the summer instead of just in the fall. So wow. actual beach time. It's going to be that crazy. Really nice. So that, that new bathing suit that I got for Miami that I never wore because we were <laughs> not going to places where bathing suits were the thing to do. Well, for me, yeah. there were a <laughs> lot of bathing suits in places where I did yeah. not expect to see people in bathing suits. Um, I, get to, I get to pull that back out and um, have a good time at the beach starting Friday Lovely. through Sunday. So I'm happy about that. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to some baseball games, good on you. Mm-hmm. I hope you have a great time, including um, please share the fun that we had and go to some minor league games, too. They're accessible. Yeah. They're more affordable. And they're also a lot of fun. As always, please reach out to us with corrections, with, um, you know, with encouragement, with happy things, with stories that you want us to talk about. You can find us on social media in many places. Sure. If you want to make that Twitter X, whatever it's called, thing a little bit of a better place and reach out to us there, we're NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, our No Crying and B-Ball. And if you want to throw us a little bit of money every month, a dollar would do. Go to our Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash No Crying and B-Ball. And, uh, and we're going to, I think, you know what I'd like to do is to write a little something about our trip to give our Patreon friends yep. a little bit more detail. Uh, yep, I think you should. Yeah. And also, once you're on Patreon, you can let us know what kind of things you'd like. If you'd like more pictures from us or recordings or whatever, we aim to please. Yes, we do. Hey, my friends, fight the man. It's the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Oh, no, there's more ferrets than I'd like to believe.